Woke up quick at about noon. Thank you for joining me here on this 28th day of April, this Tuesday edition of the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar. Check out the link here in the description of this podcast. Takes you straight to their GoFundMe page where you could help out our local healthcare workers. And if you're ordering food from DoorDash, Postmates, from any of those delivery services right now, one, make sure you tip your driver. Two, if you're ordering food from Vibe Health Bar, uh, you could send a meal uh, directly to one of our healthcare workers right there with all of the details available on their website at vibehealthbar.com or in the description of this podcast. Just click on the GoFundMe link and find out what we're doing over there uh, with our great sponsors at Vibe Health Bar. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to start today's show. Uh, a lot of the notes that I have are are from leagues and, you know, the NBA has, we talked about this yesterday, the NBA, you know, opening training facilities on May 1st. That's already changed. It's May 8th, and I think it's going to continue to change. Now we see the, you know, for, for those of us who live in California, we've we've got the edict yesterday from Gavin Newsom that it's going to be at minimum another 30 days of stay at home. So, you know, now we're talking about, you know, running through all through the month of May. And for a long time, I've tried to, and I, and I don't know if I, I feel like I've said this on the podcast as a way to kind of brace myself for it. You know, like you, you just like you kind of put that out there and then that way when it happens, it's like, OK, I was prepared for this. But I, I, I think we need to prepare for, you know, being at home all summer. You know, for those of us who like you may go on vacation during the summer, man, that ain't, I don't I mean, certainly you still could wouldn't recommend it, but certainly you still could. The point I'm making is I think we need to be prepared for those stay at home orders to run through most of the summer. All of this talk about you know, reopening the country and we're going to reopen Florida and Georgia and all of these different states. I mean, for particularly for, for California, for New York, it's really, really premature. I think, I think it's really premature anywhere. And you see, you know, individual states haven't flattened the curve. And I'm really sorry that I so often have to start podcasts or, or, uh, you know, take time in this podcast to discuss, you know, coronavirus and things that are going on, you know, ac- across the country. It, it, as you, as you're well aware, you can't stick to sports, right? You, you can't, there's no sports to talk about. And I, it, and I'm trying to tie this conversation, you know, into what the NBA is doing into the sports business journal report about the NFL schedule, what we're, what, what, uh, which we'll talk about here in just a few minutes and what Jeff, Jeff Passan said of ESPN regarding the major league baseball schedule. And I'm, you know, going to tie all of this together. But, you know, you look at individual states and how they're, you know, not not all states have peaked yet. Like, I think overall, from what it looks like, the United States is starting to kind of level things out. But the reason that's happening and, the, and you see the, you know, the curve flattening a little bit is because, well, because we're stuck in the house. You know, because most of us, not all of us, but most of us are being responsible and social distancing and, um, you know, you know, not going out in big groups or gathering it at parks or, or, you know, lakes and, and rivers and things like that. But, you know, just kind of being aware of our surroundings because, you know, you're only as safe in this situation, which, which is what makes it, you know, so scary is you're only as safe as the people around you. And you look, you know, I, yeah, I heard about the NBA thing. I saw the Woj tweet. Talked to people in you know in the NBA about this, and it was like, okay, well, May first, 
all right, like that doesn't seem like it's going to work because California's still at stay at home orders. Uh, you know, Massachusetts, I know off the top of my head, I think, I think they were a May 4th or 5th order with the belief that they were going to get extended. New York is indefinite, just like California is. There's no end to their stay-at-home orders right now or their, their stay-at-home edict. And so <laughs> the NBA has already changed the May 1st date to the May 8th date. And Woj wrote quite a bit about uh, the 16-page memo that went out. Uh, he didn't write, he, he, he didn't cover all of it, uh, but he, he covered quite a bit. And he covered quite a bit of, of what was in that, that 16 page memo. And a couple of the notes are, uh, they're, they're really detailed team requirements, um, as it pertains to the reopening of facilities, including only four players in a facility at one time, having only one staff member supervising, uh, no coaches are allowed to be in the workout with the players. I won't go into great detail, but I'm going to tell you that's not 100% accurate. And because it's not public, I'm going to leave it there. But that's not 100% accurate. Uh, a distance of 12 feet must be kept among individuals on the court as well. Like, so, like, what are we doing? Here's another thing that I know, and I don't know if this is public either, so I, I'm, I'm going to be careful. From what I understand, there is a, a drop date. And people have been using the term kill date. People have been using the term drop dead date as it pertains to Major League Baseball. I'm not going to use that term because it feels incredibly uh, insensitive right now. So I'll just use the term. There is a drop date for the NBA. There is a drop date to the point where if they don't have a plan for the return of the NBA season, and if they don't have like if 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 they don't have a plan in which the return of the NBA season or some way, shape, or form of the NBA season is in effect, then the season is going to be canceled. Like, uh, officially. The regular season, the postseason, the 2019-2020 season, as we know it, will be over. There is a date in place for that. It's it's not terribly far away. I mean, it's, it's not, you know... A week or two away, but it's it's not terribly far away, especially given you know given what we just said about the state of California, given the fact that the state of California uh, is at least going to be under stay at home orders for another thirty days. And I know, and I understand what the NBA is doing. I understand what Major League Baseball is doing. We'll talk about the NFL here in a minute, but I. I understand they're trying to figure out ways to, you know, people want to use, oh, we're going to jumpstart the economy. You're not going to jumpstart the economy because there's no fan. There there aren't going to be any fans in any of these games. No matter what baseball does, no matter what basketball does, no matter what, no matter what winds up happening with, with football, it, there aren't going to be fans involved. You, me, us, we're not going to be at a sporting event for a long time. For, I might go on a stretch and say, we might not be at a sporting event for a very long time when, when the NBA season opens up, when the 2020-2021 NBA season opens up, whenever that is, we ain't going to be there. We're not going to be at the Golden One Center for anything for a very long time. Not for a concert, not for uh, a lecture, not for a basketball game, nothing. There's going to be cobwebs all over that place that they're going to have to dust out before we're allowed back in there. And I don't know if that's 
I don't know if that's, you know, next February, March, April, May, June. I, I can't imagine that arenas would even consider reopening until vaccines are readily available. And then people have the choice of whether they're going to go get one or not. I, I don't, I just don't see that happening. But what these leagues are trying to do is their businesses as well. They have business they have to attend to. And, you know, TNT, ESPN, you know, these companies, they've been, they've been really good partners up to this point. Um, and they understand the, you know, they've read the room well. They understand where we are as a country. They understand that businesses across America are suffering because they've had the close. They understand that businesses, they understand that people are losing money on a hourly, daily, weekly, monthly basis because we can't go to work in the same fashion that we did before. And so entities, media entities like TNT and ESPN, you know, this was the conversation regarding, you know, the WWE a couple of weeks back. Completely unfounded, by the way, but it was part of the conversation was these TV partners could start to withhold television rights. Like ESPN and TNT, they could easily go to the NBA and say, oh, you know, we missed out on a third of our season. We missed out on the third of our programming. So we are within our contractual rights to keep at minimum a third of what we owe you. We're in some cases also within our con uh, contractual rights to screen breach of contract. Again, that's extreme and incredibly tone deaf. It's what um, certain uh, wrestling journalists were speculating on, and some non-wrestling journalists were speculating on this, that because that WWE's ratings hadn't been particularly well for the USA Network and hadn't been particularly good for Fox in recent months, that perhaps Fox and the USA Network could use, and it's not the USA Network, I, I don't remember if the parent company is NBC or Viacom or if it's some merger between the two, I kind of lose track of all of these, but you know what I mean, uh, that they could use the non-live programming because remember the WWE was recording um, a whole bunch of shows in one day and then all of a sudden Vince McMahon said, damn it, we're going back to being live. And there were you know, people speculating that maybe they're doing this because Fox and USA are starting to look at these deals that they paid billions of dollars for and thinking, well, if we were ever going to get out of this ratings mess that has become WWE programming, now is the time to do it. Like we could, and that, that is the WWE's revenue, their television. They don't have to do house shows. They don't have to come to the golden one center or they don't have to uh, go to the Stockton arena or the chase center. They don't have to go to any of those places for non-televised, non-pay-per-view, non-network events. That that's, that's the old 19, you know, seventies, eighties antiquated version of professional wrestling where you got to go to house shows and you got to you got to get people to come see you month after month, man. I went to more wrestling shows at the old Arco Arena, like the not not Sleep Train Arena, the the original Arco Arena, on the the one that what is it now, like the Wells Fargo Building. I I've been to more. I went to more wrestling events there than I went to basketball games. By far, like I think I went to one basketball game at that arena. Meanwhile, I I probably went to a dozen or more events. Um a dozen or more wrestling events 
at that arena. But that's that was the old, like they used to be here. They used to be here in Sacramento like every month, every other month. But that's the way business was run back then. It's not the way business is run anymore. Business isn't run off of those events. They're run off television networks. They're not even run off, you know, live crowds. You know, the Monday Night Raw coming to the Golden One Center. Great. How much do they, what do they make? Uh, a couple hundred thousand maybe? 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 Probably not that. Maybe about that. Given what tickets go for now. Maybe a couple of hundred thousand off a, a live event at the Golden One Center. A Monday Night Raw at the Golden One Center. Or a pay-per-view event at the Golden One Center. That's, that's, it doesn't matter. A hundred thousand dollars because of an event in Sacramento, California. Versus the billion dollars they get from Fox. It's why so many people were upset with the, 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 the superstar releases from a few weeks ago. All of those wrestlers who were let go. It's like, okay, we understand. And we tried to point this out before. WWE releases people yearly. And they often do it after WrestleMania. That, that's not new. The part that's new is the insensitivity of it. Because normally, you release a guy from a WWE contract, they've kind of been in, you know, on and off television for the last year or two or three, and they could go out on the independence, make a whole bunch of money at least for another year or two. They could make great money coming off of their WWE contract. Now, there's no independence to go to. There's no live shows being run. And so instead of the WWE netting like $900 million this year, the most in company history... They're netting $904 million. Jesus, man. It's, it's more than that. It's like $4 million per month. So like $936 million versus $900 million. Where all of that money to all of that talent could have gone. Those people can't work. And they're paid through, I think, the next 90 days. You know, it's less than that now. But, you know, that was the conversation is, well, what if USA Network, what if the Fox Network decides... They want, to start, they want to start getting some of their money back. Same thing could, theoretically, it could happen with the NBA. It could happen with the NFL to where these Fox networks, uh, uh, NBC, ESPN, they come forward and they go, you know, we, we can't, we're, we're and, and, and the NFL is obviously the, you know, that's, that's the king of the mountain when it comes to televised sports. We can't afford to keep paying this out knowing you're not going to be able to give us product which is you know why I go back to the NFL is going to go kicking and screaming as it pertains to you know their upcoming schedule and, and we'll get to the to the NFL schedule here in just a heartbeat but the NBA you know may, we talked about it yesterday May 1st they've already pushed it back to May 8th there are all these different guidelines none of this makes sense there's absolutely no reason whatsoever for the NBA to open up their training facilities and start kind of hinting that players should come back and work out. Now, it's not mandatory for players to come and work out. If a player is out of state, if a player is in, uh, you know, just a, a different state than their team, they don't, they don't have to fly back to start working out at the facility. The facilities are opening for the people that are, you know, still in still in the market. The people who didn't fly out anywhere or didn't drive anywhere, who didn't go anywhere, they just decided to, you know, stay at their their residence in 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 the city that they play for and kind of wait for wait for further notice. But it's but it's showing fans like, "Hey, 
Look at this. We're taking a step forward. And you know how we've said this time and time and time and time again. Nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody on the face of the planet overreacts more than we do. Nobody overreacts more than sports fans do. So because the NBA facilities are open now, it's like, ha, 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 it's like the end of coming to America. When he figures out the joke, ha, where's the spoon? Ha, the facilities are opening. You know what that means. It means the NBA is right around the corner. No, man, it doesn't. The NBA isn't around the corner, and this isn't even a this isn't a training camp. This isn't a you know come get yourself comfortable again. There is no reason for this. I, if you want to open it up as a, I don't know, I, <laughs> as a glorified gym, then go ahead. Like you could do that, and you could do that in in significantly quieter fashion. And Sir Shams would know, Sir Woj would know, Sam Amick would know, all of those insiders would know. Of course they would, but it's framed as, well, the NBA, they're opening up uh, their facilities again, but the way it's working is if, if it's really opening for players who don't have home gyms, it, they're opening for players who aren't Mike Conley and have a full 5,000-seat arena built into his house. Sarcasm there, but you, you watch tours, you know what I mean. It's, it's, it's opening for those players, and, and that's it. Coaches shouldn't be involved in this. Unless there is, unless there's an NBA, unless there's a, a, a date set for an NBA return, no coach should be involved in this. Now, I'll read the line again. No coaches are, are, are uh, to be allowed in the workouts with players. That's what the memo said. That's not accurate. And you're just going to have to trust me on this one. That's not accurate. And it should be, but it's not. No coaches period, should be allowed into these workouts. None at all. But it should just be set up. It's got to be like a like a sign-up sheet or like a sign-up app. Like, oh, hey, uh, De'Aaron Fox is in Sacramento. He wants to work out at the practice facility at the Golden One Center. Well, he's got to log in to the special Sacramento Kings players-only app and figure out, okay, let's see. Rashawn Holmes is working out at 1. That means I can get in there at 3 o'clock and get my workout in. If you want to have one team employee there to, you know, disinfect basketballs and disinfect workout equipment, then, you know, fine. Whatever. No rebounders. Uh, no one from, uh, you know, no workout buddies from, from, from the entourage who come with you when your coaches aren't around. Can't, mm, none of that. Can't have any of that. Literally has to be. De'Aaron Fox, <laughs> like it literally has to be one player walking in and doing it. Or, you know, in, in this is what they're talking about, you know, no more than four players. Like that's fine for a court because there's enough room. If you've ever, you know, you've all seen the practice facilities. There's, it's not like there's two baskets. There's like eight. There's like eight half courts set up all over the place. Oh, okay, you can, you can do that. Four guys, you know, everybody has a court to themselves. Like, cool, that works. It doesn't work when you go to the, you know, the gym part, like the, 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 um, like the weightlifting and the cardio equipment it doesn't work there. And you also have to realize, okay, you, you go do these workouts, but you're not getting the, you're not getting the professional athlete type of workout where, 
okay, as soon as you're done, you've got your trainer there to give you the ice and you've got your trainer there to stretch you out. No, none of that's going to happen, which is why all of this is so stupid. I expect so much more from Adam Silver and this group in the NBA. They've already pushed it from May 1st to May 8th. I think they're going to push it again before they finally realize, God damn it, this is dumb. What are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? Now you got reports that the that the Lakers have reached out to the mayor of Los Angeles. Well, I'll tell you what, if I'm the mayor of Los Angeles, I tell him to kick rocks. Sit your ass at home with everybody else. Because truthfully, I don't give a damn how much, you know, the Lakers are desperate to get their business going. You know who else is desperate to get their business going? My favorite restaurant down on R Street. They're desperate to get their business going. My favorite restaurant down there on S Street. They're fav- they're desperate to get their business going. Not everybody can survive through, through, you know, DoorDash and Grubhub. Not everybody can survive through curbside pickup. The chiropractor wants to get the business going again. These advertising agencies that depend on people who need to advertise on the radio and on television, they want to get business going again. But you want me to bend over backwards because you're a basketball league? Get out of here. It's not responsible, and it's not fair. It's not fair to the Lakers, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Kings. It's not fair to teams in California versus a team in, you know, I don't know. Like, what does Oklahoma City look like right now? Like, what, like what, is, what does Oklahoma look like right now as it pertains to the coronavirus? You know, what do these other states look like? Like, what, what are the Knicks just going to show up and start practicing in New York where people are dropping dead? At an alarming rate, what are the, what are the Nets just gonna? Hey, I'm gonna go get a workout in. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go prepare for a basketball season that isn't happening while all of these people around me are dying. Yeah, that's good. That's that's solid. The optics of that, and that's all we're talking about here is we're talking about optics. Oh, the optics of that are beautiful. Get out of here. This is the type of crap I expect from the NFL. I don't expect this from the NBA and they need to be better. They absolutely need to be better. And they, they, if you want to open the facilities for guys who, you know, want to go in and work out and you can do it safely, fine, but stop leaking all of this bullshit to the media is it because what they're doing, and this is, this is what we've talked about for the last several weeks. Now, what all of these leagues are doing is they're throwing stuff out to the media. There, these plans, these ideas, these thoughts, these opening up facilities, it's the proverbial spaghetti. We're the wall. Whatever story they throw out that sticks to us and we respond favorably to, that's the one they're going to run with. And they're taking all of these ideas and they're throwing them at us saying, okay, which one can we really get public support behind? Because, of course, we want basketball back. We want football back. Dude, we want life back. Hey, man, we, we, we're not getting it. We're not getting any of those things. We're not getting basketball back. We're not getting baseball back. And, you know, we're not getting life back. And the more that you, at least right now, or at least anytime soon, and the more you throw it out there, the more this talk about reopening the country, man, get out of here with that. The more you talk about it, the more you have dipshits going out there, hanging out at the beach as if, oh, everything's all good. Gavin Newsom talking about, well, the virus doesn't take weeks off or doesn't take weekends off. Like, we've got to stop with all this. The reason all of that is happening, sure, we're all antsy. We're all sick of being at home. 
For those of you who have married, for those of you who are married, and those of you who have kids, for those of you who live with significant others, you're not meant to be around that person 24-7. And that's not a... That's not a knock on marriage. That's not a knock on wives and husbands and kids. You're not meant to be around anybody 24-7. And if you're working from home and you're teaching your kids, you're going through all of their, you know, their school, school work and you're doing all that together. And, and uh, you know, your oldest kid had to come home from, you know, from, from college and you've got all these different things happening and suddenly your entire family is in your house 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because you literally can't go anywhere. And when you do, you can't go anywhere for that long. Man, that's not natural. That's, that's not how that's, that's, that's not how uh, long-term relationships work. We all got to have our space. Every single, I can tell you right now, I have two yellow labs. That's who I live with. They're annoyed as shit that I'm not getting out of the house more. Like, Hey dude, like, we're, we're, I know that we get really excited every time you walk in the door, even if you've been gone for five minutes, but the truth is we need our alone time. And you're always trying to hang out and pet us and play fetch and all that crap. Could you leave us alone a little bit? Like, I already know that. I could tell by the way uh, my oldest dog, Smoothie, looks at me. Like, hey, man, like, I, I love you, Dad, man, but leave me alone. Like, go, go, go record something. Go, you know what you should go do? Go make a new podcast. That's, that's, that's what you need to do because you don't have enough of them. Go make another podcast. I know we're all stir crazy. We all want this to end. We want the distraction of sports. We've got we've to figure out some other way to distract ourselves because sports ain't going to be it. And I hate that the NBA, I hate that the NBA put this out there. I don't care that they're opening their facilities up. It, it, as long as they do it responsibly, I don't care. I'm agitated that it's, put a, it's, it's, it's being made a big deal of. And, and, and of course, you could say, well, this stuff was, you know, Woj, Shams, all of these different reporters, they got what is essentially, I would, you know, I don't want to go so far as to say it's confidential information. It's not confidential information, but it's sent out among NBA teams. And it was sent to them, whether it was by a general manager, whether it was by someone in the league office or whatever. But that was, that was, what was that, last third, last Friday, Friday or Saturday. So here we are on Tuesday. And we know that the date for the opening has already been changed for the, for the facilities. Adam Silver could step out and get in front of this and say, whoa, there's a lot of conversation about what all this means. I'm going to come out here and tell you right now. It means nothing because Adam Silver has been very good about not trying to put dates on stuff. You know, I, I think he said, yo, well, we're going to suspend everything for 30 days and then reevaluate. And then in 30 days, he said, man, we're, we're, we're going to have to reevaluate later. We're going to have to reevaluate in May. We're going to have to look at this again because we, we, we don't have anything to work with right now. He could step out and go, hey, whoa, we're opening facilities for, 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 you know, for our players who, who need to get workouts in, for our players who don't have you know, home gyms, but we're doing it in, in the most. This isn't a public gym. This isn't 24-hour fitness. This isn't CalFit where – you know, hundreds of members can converge at one time. Well, this is a private facility you know, with security access in which one guy, two guys, or in the case of what the NBA season is, is saying, this is a massive facility in most cases, four guys can get in, get a workout in if they need it. If they don't, they don't. But we're going to make our facilities available. Adam Silver could have stepped out and got in front of this, but he's allowed this to kind of turn into something that it shouldn't be. 
He's allowed it to turn into something that, quite frankly, I don't think that it is. I don't think Adam Silver has a uh, uh, an idea that if he opens up these facilities, maybe we'll get back to basketball quicker. But what he does know is their internal drop date is approaching. And part of that, part of the concern of owners and part of the concern in, of general managers, and I'm sure part of the concern of, 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 of players and coaches is a lot of these guys haven't been able to work out since March 11th. A lot of these guys haven't been able to partake in real basketball activities on a basketball floor since the NBA season was suspended. And they're looking for a way to rectify that. And that way, if the drop date approaches and they do have a plan or they are able to salvage some sort of NBA season, which will ultimately uh, play out to be just a, you know, a, a, a television spectacle, then, then cool. But I don't think either of those things are going to happen. So that's, that's, that's the NBA. Uh, Major League Baseball has continued with their optimism. Jeff Passan of ESPN has says, you know, that there is, is, is optimism. It's guarded, it's cautious, uh, and it's laden with caveats. That's a quote uh, from his most recent article on ESPN. But he says there is a reality. There is a very real reality for Major League Baseball owners and players that seems to think uh, there is an opportunity for a season to start. Uh, we also know uh, baseball, the, you know, their collective bargaining agreement, their, uh, sorry, not their collective bargaining agreement, their uh, players association in the league has worked out, you know, how pay, players uh, will get paid uh, through this season should no season happen. Uh, we know that uh, baseball operation employees uh, are guaranteed payment through May 31st. And uh, Jeff Passan wrote that uh, that date is no accident. And uh, his next line is, that month could provide a number of answers to issues baseball is considering as, it's plot, as it plots its return and the long-term retention of employees across the sport may depend on having a known or at least expected revenue generator. So what Jeff Passan is saying there is, you know, we talked about drop dates in the NBA. Well, it appears the that Major League Baseball has a drop date, and it appears that Major League Baseball's drop date is approaching. The line that fascinates me, because we just spoke about it a minute ago, and that's kind of what sparked this conversation when I read this last night. Um, uh, the next month could provide a number of answers to issues baseball is considering as it plots its return and the long-term uh, retention of employees across the sport may depend on having a known or at least expected revenue generator. What's the revenue generator going to be? Like, if you're worried about keeping your baseball operations employees because you, you need a revenue generator, what the, what is it going to be? It's not fans. You're not getting fans at a ballpark. You're getting revenue from, I don't even know who their television partner is, Major League Baseball, Fox. Like, no, no television station, no television company, no media company has withheld rights to any major sport yet. 
Maybe Major League Baseball has been told, hey, if we're not able to get this done, here's what we've got to do. Maybe they've been told that from their television partner. I don't know. He goes on to say, that's that's me. That's my speculation. Jeff Passan goes on to say, the end of May isn't a drop point to have a plan in place, sources said, as much as it's a reasonable, logical one. That's a great line to put right there because everybody would have interpreted it the same way that I did. That May 31st is their kind of, it's D-Day for Major League Baseball. And I think just throwing that line in there is someone within baseball games, no, 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 don't say that. Let's, let's reframe this a little bit. Let's, this, is, this is reasonable here because we're, I mean, we're entering uh, you know, June at this point. We should be, what's that, about two what are we April 28th? That's about two months into the season there at that point. There's a number of other plans out there for Major League Baseball, including a this 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 is the one that got my attention. A three hub plan in a hundred game season. Okay. Here you go. In July and August, with 10 teams at each hub. The hubs, of course, being something along the lines of Phoenix, Dallas. Tampa, cities like that, because each of those places, they have five stadiums within an hour radius. That sort of schedule is doable. Uh, every team plays two three-game series against all nine opponents. That's 54 games. Again, travel is not is, is virtually non-existent, as we just talked about Phoenix, Dallas, Tampa, and, 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 and the stadiums that they all have within that short short radius of each other. It also offers the ability to reassess the status of the coronavirus and as it pertains to the United States uh, in September. Uh, If more states are confident they can house teams, perhaps the number of hubs grows from three to maybe four or five or six. And perhaps if if things are going, uh, again, this is all according to Jeff Passan. These aren't my theories. If things are going well, come September, maybe just teams could return home and you have games there. I can tell you of all of their scenarios, that's not happened. That's obviously a best case scenario. The line that Jeff Passan wrote that made me realize um, Major League Baseball and sports fans in general are really short-sighted when it comes to what's going on was this line. This is a direct quote. If a second wave of the coronavirus arrives and threatens to shut down the country again, by the way, I'm going to pause right there. Everybody associated with, uh, you know, the, the, the diseases, health control, all of that, they've said in almost all certainty is, is we reopen this, as we reopen the country, if that's the plan that these states are going to take and that's the plan that, that, that the people at the White House are going to initiate, a second wave is going to hit, and we need to be prepared for that. So I'll finish the quote, sorry. If a second wave of the coronavirus arrives and threatens to shut down the country again, Major League Baseball could try to wait it out and just hold a giant playoff. Yes, because if a second wave of the coronavirus is hit and all of us have to go home and not work again, what we're really concerned about is being able to watch a giant playoff for Major League Baseball a sport we don't watch on TV any fucking way. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to make sure we get that in. Come on, man. You gotta stop this. 
all these sports leagues, they've got to stop this. It's coming across so short-sighted and so silly. It was a powerful F-bomb, wasn't it? It was, it was a good one. I've said I was going to stop. I know I said I was going to stop, but then the coronavirus hit. Like, what do y'all want from me? Even if, even if like a 12-year-old blurted out the F word, you kind of got to look at him and go like, yeah, I understand. Like, don't do it again, but I understand. That's how you got to, that's how you got to treat me sometimes. Hey, don't, don't do that again. I understand, but don't do that. Sports Business Journal reported uh, what we had talked about previously. They just reported it in great detail this time that a 16-game season is the priority for the NFL, and it is the super optimistic best-case scenario priority. Uh, But they also realize uh, it might not be the most logical. There is one uh, plan. Their uh, 12-week plan was made public to the Sports Business Journal and it includes starting the NFL season five weeks later than normal, uh, kicking off Thursday, October 15th. That would push the Super Bowl, uh, which is set to be played in Tampa, and will almost certainly, if the Super Bowl is played, will be played in an empty stadium. Gosh, poor Tampa. They lost out. Well, not poor Tampa because uh, their governor is an idiot, and the mayor of Tampa is a, a jackass, but poor fans of Tampa in that they lost WrestleMania. And what are we looking at? Nine months later, are almost certainly going to lose the Super Bowl as well. Uh, but this scenario has the Super Bowl being played in Tampa on February 28th to accommodate the abbreviated schedule. The regular season, which this would be a 12 week schedule now, the regular season would have uh, no bye weeks. And it would eliminate the off week between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. This 12-week scenario would also, and I'm not quite clear why this needs to happen, but the scenario would eliminate the Pro Bowl, which is fine. It's fine to eliminate, and and maybe this is a, a, a conversation to be had later. It's fine to eliminate the Pro Bowl, but I, I still believe you should have Pro Bowl honors. Even in, I mean, a 12-week season, is a, that's a pretty good length. And you do your Pro Bowl voting. It's not a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's not like a, a, an award for the last couple of seasons. It's, it's an award for how you played that year. So I still think they should have Pro Bowl honors because a lot of contracts are tied to Pro Bowl, uh, quote, appearances. In, in this case, Pro Bowl selections. Uh, all pro selections. Um, you know, top five voting, top three voting in, in, in major postseason awards. Like those things I still think should all be in play. I believe that the NBA should crown an MVP, a defensive player of the year, a coach of the year. I think all of those, you know, all of those, uh, those postseason awards, they should still happen. I very, very much believe that they should still happen, even if an NBA season doesn't return. Uh, but this scenario was laid out by the Sports Business Journal. Uh, the 2020 NFL schedule uh, could be released as early as May 7th. That's that's next week. Wait, right? Yeah, that's the end of next week. Uh, I don't think it's going to. Uh, league executives are aware that releasing anything that could change uh, probably isn't the best idea. Uh, but they're trying to maintain that business as usual you know, mentality of the NFL, just as they did with the NFL draft. And I think they did as good of a job other than, you know, reminding us every single draft pick had a 
you know, a brother that was murdered or a mom that was a crack addict. I, I, I think other than that aspect, which they, by the way, they frame that as, oh, we just want you to get to know the, the human side of these draft picks. Like, no one, hey, I'm sorry to say this because I, it, I, I personally think morally it's wrong, but I think it's incredibly accurate. Sports fans don't care about a person's, like, relatability or uh, no one cares about the human side, as ESPN was saying, of a, of a, of a draft pick. No one goes, man, hey, oh, this guy, the 49ers got in the first round. Man, it's really cool how he overcame his mom being a drug addict for 10 years and his brother was shot when he was seven and his dad died when he was two. That's awesome. Sure, it's part of the story. But on those days, people are asking, wait a minute. He's not, how fast is he off the edge? Wait a minute. How quick is he? How many penalties? How, can he catch? Can he run? Can he do all of that stuff? Those are stories that are to be told over time. Not, not on their biggest day of the year. So other than that, and that's probably, I don't think that's even an NFL call. I think that's an ESPN call. And that's why ESPN is in the absolute toilet. What ESPN has become is just freaking gross. That television network is absolute trash. And that was a display of trash. But from the NFL side, they tried to present, present themselves as business as usual. And that's good for NBC. That's good for Fox. It's obviously great for ESPN. Uh, it's good for their sponsors. It's, it's, it's good for everybody because they're not going to get that uh, season ticket holder money this year. Not that it matters. It, it matters to a small degree, but not really. Fox matters. ESPN matters. The, 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 the NBC, the big networks. They matter, but that's it. Let's just let the, 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 the government, let's just let the officials who, who, you know, are in charge of opening and closing the states, let's let them deal with this, and let's hope that they make responsible decisions in terms of if you're going to make the facility, if you're going to kind of open up the NBA business once again, Start thinking about the, you know, the businesses in, in, in Midtown, your, your Midtown, no matter where you're listening to this. Start thinking about those businesses that can't reopen. Start thinking about where you work, how, you know, your business is essentially shut down and you can't get going. I, I hope they take all of those things into account. Like we're looking out for the people of our state. We're looking out for the people of, you know, it's not Gavin Newsom's job to look out for the people of this country, but it's his job to look out for the people of California. That's what governors do. They're, they, they are uh, assigned to look out for the people of their state. And I hope when things like this, this happen that that's what they do. You know, the Atlanta Hawks said, oh, we're, we're not taking part in this. Well, good for Atlanta. Atlanta, they ain't making the playoffs. So even if the season starts again, they've got nothing to play for. Or e even if the season starts again, and I've always believed that if it does, I don't think that it is. But if it did, it would only be in some form of playoff. Well, the Hawks ain't going to be a part of that. But you shouldn't have to make that decision. Like the Golden State Warriors shouldn't be forced to make that decision. That should be left up to other people. Because nowhere in Vlade's contract, nowhere in any general manager's contract, or any owner's contract with the NBA, does it say, hey, you've got to navigate around a global pandemic. 
I should, I, I, I'm assuming that that's not written into Vlade's contract. But hell, he navigated a war in his home country. Maybe he has. I'm just assuming it's not. So putting this edict on them is, is it's, it's terribly unfair. I had the idea of starting this show. Like, I wanted to start on a lighter note. Like, I, I'd watch Bad Boys for Life. I was like, let, I took a couple of notes on things that I've watched lately. I was like, let's talk about that instead, and then I'll ease into the other stuff. So I don't want... I just don't want this podcast to bring people down. Then I realized, damn, am I really going to get out on that heavy stuff? And so I, sometimes normally what happens here with the podcast, I have a format in front of me, just like I used to have with the radio show. Um, but because no one's here to talk to me, I just, I like ask and answer my own questions. I just start. And then as you have all become, I'm sure, frustratingly aware of, I often just deviate and I have to make a little note here on this yellow pad. I keep in front of me, uh, uh, NBA season and I circle it and I know that no matter how far I veered off, I have to get back to the NBA season. Um, but I had the idea of just, let's start with something lighter. Start with like things that you've been watching movies, shows, different things like that. And I do want to get to those. There's one more, uh, related story. It's kind of related to, to yesterday in our conversation about, uh, the last dance, our conversations about, uh, the Detroit Pistons, how they tied Dennis Rodman, uh, past, and he, they, they, they tied the, you know, the, the Detroit Pistons, Dennis Rodman, into the, the Chicago Bulls, Dennis Rodman. And there was a great deal of talk about the bad boys and the Pistons and so much talk about Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan is like king of the memes now. We've graduated from uh, crying Michael Jordan to, you know, Michael Jordan looking at that iPad knowing Isaiah Thomas is about to spew some garbage he's not going to agree with. So... Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer were making the rounds yesterday on ESPN. Bill Lambeer was on the jump, and I'll just paraphrase what Bill Lambeer said. We all know what, what a jerk Lambeer is, and he just kind of owned it. He was like, hey, I don't care. Like, I don't care that we didn't shake their hands. I'm not sorry we didn't shake their hands. Screw them. They beat us. We got old. We moved on, and that was it. Of course, he didn't say they beat us and give them credit. He said they beat us because we got old. But, like, he didn't care, and that's Bill Lambeer. That's why Bill Lambeer... Bill Ambeer is a, if you don't know, like Bill Ambeer is a really good coach and he has been a phenomenal WNBA coach. He would be a great NBA coach. It's just, he's an asshole and people don't like him. It's as simple as that. That's why he doesn't have a job. People don't like him. He's good for the WNBA because he is a, he is a big name. He is a recognizable name. He is a name that'll get attention. He's as big of a jerk in the WNBA as he is the NBA. It's just sometimes in the W, you just got to deal with it. He, I, I watched him before WNBA finals games. This was pretty regular. He'd walk around, man, what? oh, I have to text that. I feel, I think he walked around drinking Mike's hard lemonade before games. Like in, in these like short khaki shorts, his beer belly, you know, sticking out over his, his tucked in polo. And he, there'd be a cooler of Mike's Hard Lemonade waiting for him. And he'd walk around and drink it like it was a, a water bottle before a game. It's just Bill very much has that I don't give a crap mentality. Isaiah Thomas is different. And I think Isaiah, you know, Isaiah had that moment with Magic Johnson. Um, I, I don't remember what it was for. But it was, a, it was like a sit-down interview with... Magic and Isaiah, or what? I don't even. I wouldn't even frame it as an interview. It was like a sit-down conversation. It was like a one-on-one conversation with Magic and Isaiah, and those two had had a falling out, and they had this big 
you know, reunited moment where they both, you know, spilled their heart and Isaiah is sobbing and magic is crying and magic is telling him he loves him. And Isaiah is telling him he loves him. And that's, that's Isaiah Thomas. That's what he wants. Isaiah wants that moment with Michael Jordan. Isaiah Thomas knows he was an absolute dick to Jordan when he was in the all-star game and they, you know, they, 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 uh, you know, Isaiah had the edict of let's no, no one passed the ball to Michael. Like we're going to freeze Jordan out of this game. That's the line that was used is that Michael Jordan was frozen out of that 80 something all-star game. And that was the directive of Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah Thomas was the veteran then. And then, you know, the, the Pistons beat the Bulls, Bulls shake hands. Good job. Good luck. Game seven the next year, Pistons beat the Bulls. Jordan shakes hand. Good luck, everybody. 91, uh, as we saw this weekend in the last dance, for those who had never seen it before, Bulls sweep the Pistons on their home floor. The Pistons go cowering by. That's, that's the best part. The Pistons go cowering by the Bulls bench to get back to the locker room. And now Jordan advances. He goes on to win the finals. And now he is the big dog. Now he's got a title. Now he's got a championship to back up all those accolades. He's got a championship now to back up all of those things that have been said about him. Oh, well, you can't be the face of the league. You can't be the leader. You can't be the guy until you win a championship. Well, now he's got a championship. You heard him say uh, in the last dance this weekend, if you hadn't seen it, now I'm on the level of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. He didn't say nothing about Isaiah Thomas, who had just won the last two NBA championships. No. He said, I was on the level now of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Now I'm the guy in charge. And when the 1992 Dream Team rolls around, and I, I want to play what Isaiah Thomas said for you yesterday. It's about a minute and some change, so listen to it in its entirety, and I'll explain. I'll give you some context afterwards. But this is Isaiah Thomas talking about uh, being left off of the Dream Team on yesterday's edition of Get Up. Being left off the Dream Team, that, that, that personally hurt me. In, in 1980, I was on the Olympic team. As a matter of fact, I was voted the male athlete of the year in 1980 for the USA Olympic team. And, uh, you know, the only thing that's missing from my resume is not being on the dream team. Now, when the dream team was selected and I wasn't a part of it, there was a lot of controversy around it. And I still don't know, you know, who did it or, or, or why they say I didn't make it. I know the criteria for selection of making a team, I had fit all the criteria. And and that's a big hole in my resume. That That is the biggest hole in my resume. That is the only place and that's the only thing on my resume that I did not succeed at. Um, you know, I, I graduated from college. I got a master's degree in education from the University of California at Berkeley. On the educational side, I've, I've succeeded. Uh, in the sports arena, you know, I've won at every level. And, you know, I tried to do everything correctly, and I thought I should have made that dream team. However, I wasn't a part of it. That hurt me. And looking back, if if I'm not a part of the dream team because, you know, uh, a lapse in emotion in terms of not shaking someone's hand, if that's the reason why I didn't make the dream team, then I am more disappointed today 
than I was back then when I wasn't selected. Okay, so that was Isaiah Thomas on Get Up yesterday. So there's a couple of notes uh, worth pointing out there, uh, and I think they're all important. Uh, one, there was no criteria to make the dream team. I don't know what Isaiah is talking about right there. It's not like, okay, we've, we've, we've got to have this checklist. We've got to have checks and balances when it comes to this, uh, when it comes to selecting our, our dream team to go and redeem us uh, losing in the 1988 Olympics. Well, damn it. Just imagine the luck when this criteria nets us the 12 greatest players in the world. It nets us Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and Patrick Ewing and David Robinson and Chris Mullen and Carl Malone and John Stockton and player after player after player. Imagine the luck. Our criteria landed us the best players in the world. No, there was no criteria. So I don't know what Isaiah Thomas is talking about right there. Two, if uh, if 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 a, a lapse in, in in emotion has kept me off the dream team, uh, yeah, the fact that your team had a set of rules to essentially annihilate and beat up Michael Jordan uh, through the course of seven games, combined with the fact that when his team finally beat yours. And combined with the fact that a few years earlier, when he was a, a rookie or a young player, you told the other uh, stars of the NBA to kind of shut him out of the All-Star game. Yep, that probably kept you off of the Dream Team. Why? Because Michael Jordan is the key to everything working. Remember, and I don't know if this is going to be covered in the... in. I have to imagine this is in some way, shape, or form coming covered in the next uh, one or two episodes of of this Last Dance thing, but... Jordan didn't want to go to Barcelona. He didn't want to do it. And it's not an open secret. It's not a well-kept secret. It's not a secret at all. It has been written and reported. And I think Jordan flat out said it. When the Dream Team documentary came out, uh, based on, uh, I think it's Jack McMullen, I think is his name. There's a great book about the Dream Team with a lot of really, you know, inside stuff to it. it. It's a great book. It was a really good documentary. And I'm sure you saw it. If you did, didn't Jordan say on the documentary, I told them, I'm not doing this if Isaiah's there. I already don't want to do it. I sure as hell am not going to do it if Isaiah Thomas is there. And then there's a ton of conversation. You know, the book goes into great detail about John Stockton and how John Stockton was basically during that summer being held together by scotch tape. And he almost was sent home before the team went to Barcelona and he was going to have to be replaced. Now, there was a, a conversation as to, well, if, if John Stockton can't go, then I guess Isaiah Thomas is in. The book says, and this is according to, this is according to the book based off conversations with Chuck Daly. If John Stockton wasn't going to go, Isaiah Thomas wasn't going to replace him. Joe Dumars was. And Joe Dumars was the only Piston considered for the Dream Team. This is according to that book, and this is allegedly according to conversations with Chuck Daly. Isaiah wasn't considered for that team. Now, I'm sure the reason Isaiah Thomas wasn't uh, considered for the team is, again, it wasn't a secret that Michael Jordan hated him. And as we know, based off, we're talking about something that happened in 1991 and we're getting, you know, what those interviews with Michael Jordan, I'm sure were conducted in either, you know, 2017 or 18 or maybe 2019 that he holds on to stuff. 
We knew that at the Hall of Fame speech when he when he called the the you know the poor man who was who made the the high school basketball team instead of him. He held on to that. That's who Jordan is. We know that. But Isaiah so desperately wants that. Like he's doing, like Bill Lambeer is doing the F off tour. Isaiah Thomas is doing this big apology tour because he wants the face-to-face sit down with Michael Jordan where they can shed tears and hug each other. You ain't going to get that from Mike. Isaiah really needs to move on from this. Isaiah is a fascinating figure to me. He was a tremendous basketball player, but what has ruined is what has destroyed Isaiah Thomas in my eyes. One is he's a, a sexual assaulter. You've got that whole. He's a horrible general manager. You got all that stuff. He's been he's bad at virtually everything he has done since playing. And who keeps putting his ass on TV is a question that I would love answered. He is horrible as a host, as an analyst as a play-by-play guy, as just a voice to talk on the television. He's terrible at it. But he, he's he got a friend somewhere in NBA entertainment that keeps throwing him on TNT. And because he's on TNT and because he's relevant again because of this Last Dance documentary, he's getting thrown on ESPN. He's awful. But he he wants that moment so bad. And Michael looks at it like, dude, I eclipsed you. You're not even... You're not even in the conversation of great players. He's like, if I need to sit down with somebody, I'm a, if, if I have, if, if he doesn't, but if I had some sort of beef with Magic Johnson, I'm going to sit across from him and we're going to work it out. If I have a beef with uh, Patrick Ewing, we're going to sit down and we're going to work it out. Isaiah, you're not, you're not on my level, bro. I'm not going to work anything out with you. Get out of my face. I hated you then and I hate you now. Not the healthiest way to live. <laughs> Not the healthiest way to live at all. But that's 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 Jordan, man. That's that's who he is. And this this moment that Isaiah is so desperately seeking, man, it ain't coming. It ain't coming. Uh speaking of bad boys, I watched bad boys for life. Different type of bad boys. But I watched bad boys for life this week. Uh weekend. Actually after the last dance ended, I I, I rented Bad Boys for Life. If you go into it, like, I was excited to watch it. I like Will Smith. I love Will Smith and, and Martin. It'd be fun. Like, I'd, I'd take the Bad Boys movies for what they are. I know they're, you know, over-the-top, uh, high-energy car chases, shootouts, odd deaths, all of that. Like, I I know what it is. So I kind of went in with that mentality. I got to admit, like, I turned it off for a second because it started and it starts, you know, it's it's, it, it gets going a certain way and then it, and then it takes like a really long time to, to build back up. Like it, it hits a point and then it slows down. And there was a point where I like turned it off for a minute and it was like, I, I spent, I spent like $5 to watch this. I don't even know if I want to, like, I don't even know if I want to spend the next hour and 20 minutes or hour and 30 minutes watching the rest of this. So I stopped it just for a minute and kind of walked away, you know, filled up my water bottle, did whatever. I don't know what I did. And like, all right, hour and a half left. Let's, it'll get better. And it did like, again, take it for what it is. Um, But I, I, I liked it for the most part. It's fine. I didn't like how it. I didn't like the first 30 minutes. I thought, it, you know, past one particular moment, I thought it, it had like a lot of lulls. It took a long time for the story to develop. 
I think the movie was two hours and four minutes. If you had cut it down to like an hour 40, I think it would have been better. But, and I guess it's not over? I don't know, there seemed to be a little tease there at the end that, that maybe it's it's not over. Uh, another show I've been watching, we're, we're approaching an hour here, so I'm going to let you guys get out of here. But I came across, and I know I'm late on this, so roast me if you will. I think it's on Cinemax. It's uh, Tales from the Tour Bus. If you haven't seen that, go, like, see it. I think you could find it on YouTube. It's from the guy who did, um, it's from Mike Judge. I think he did Beavis and Butthead. It's it's like a they're they're like small, uh, they're small like musical documentaries, like thirty minutes. They're like thirty minute musical documentary, but they're in cartoon form, and they're awesome. I didn't watch the first season. The the first season is kind of like classic. It's like Waylon Jennings, you know, just like I just stuff I'm not interested in. It's like you know country western, classic country western stuff. But the second season is funk. It's like there's like two episodes on Rick James and James Brown and, you know, Funkadelic and Bootsy Collins. It is, again, I know I'm late on this. It's awesome. If you haven't seen it yet, it's, it's a great, like you can binge it. Like you'll, you'll, kill, you'll kill about four hours uh, watching it. Tales from the Tour Bus. I think it's on Cinemax. I think. Uh, if you don't have that search, I, I bet you could, I'm positive you could find episodes uh, on YouTube. Uh, thanks so much for tun- tuning in. Hopefully the, the start of the show wasn't wasn't too much. Like I, I try to find happier content each day, but it felt like after the NBA, you know, changed the date on opening the training facilities, that story after story about what each sports league is trying to do moving forward started to come out. And I just kind of wanted to tie all of my thoughts in there together. I'm deciding here as I'm recording this, and we're going to go live, going to post, you know, like the five minutes of post-production we're going to do. I'm going to beep out that F-bomb because it was so strong. It was so good. Uh, But I got to do better. Shame on I love y'all, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. You know the deal. If you haven't rated or reviewed the show yet on iTunes, please do that. Uh, Please be on the lookout for a new podcast, particularly if you're a wrestling fan. I promise you it is on the way. The latest episode is wrapping up. I haven't posted anything yet. I promise I will give you all of the details as soon as that comes about. Have a great rest of your day today. Be safe, and we'll see you here tomorrow on the podcast with Damian Barling.